Welcome to the Ethos Podcast, where we chat about customer loyalty and the emerging technology that supports customer engagement. My name is Matias Marquez, and I'm the CEO of Ethos, a company that is on a mission to elevate engagement for brands and their customers. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Terry Matthews. Terry has had a long and impressive career in the field of customer loyalty, heading the loyalty divisions at national retailers in both the United States and in Canada. During our chat, we discussed the evolution of customer loyalty, emerging trends in the industry, and where things are heading. We also discussed the importance of offering benefits that are not just discounts within a loyalty program. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Terry. Great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm really pleased to be here as well. Awesome. Well, well we're excited to have you. And um, I, I think I can call you a loyalty expert with your experience and background. And you've worked with so many large consumer brands, specifically around customer loyalty. We're, I think it'll be a real treat for, for the audience. And we're, we're excited to have you on. Maybe I'll start with just, with just that, your, your background. So, so who is Terry and, and what, what has been your, your kind of professional journey so far? Sure. Um, I, I, I started out working in, in grocery stores. I was with Loblaws for a very long time in operations and advertising, um, um, you know, flyers and all that kind of fun stuff. And then I got into financial services with um, um, President's Choice, helped launch the credit card there. And then over the years, uh, I've managed uh, Walmart Canada's loyalty and credit program, Hudson's Bay, uh, Sobeys, um, uh, helped Canadian Tire with the relaunch of uh, Triangle. Most recently, I was responsible for um, financial services and customer loyalty for North America for Wayfair. Wow. So lots of, uh, lots of big, big, big brands there. And so maybe I'll start with, with a, a really kind of fundamental question. What, what is customer loyalty and, and what does it mean to a consumer brand, uh, really? Like, like, what is it? Well, I think it, I think that answer um, is more difficult than most people think. I think because the first thing is that it's different for <clears throat> each brand, not just a category or a vertical. It's different for each brand. It's based on what their what their offering is to the public, uh, to consumers, and also uh, how their brand is perceived, how strong their brand is, what their competitors are like. So I, I think there isn't really an easy answer for that. And that's the mistake I think a lot of businesses make is that they look across the street and they see a competitor with a with a loyalty program and they say, Let, let's do what they're doing. The reality is um, everyone's every business is different. And in order to be successful with customer loyalty, you've got to reflect that difference and make sure that you're amplifying your brand and your point of differentiation so that you create a, a meaningful loyalty relationship with that customer. I think that's a really good definition and, and kind of explanation because when I think of myself as a consumer and why I go to a brand, it's not, I, I every brand I go to, I, I have a different relationship with, mm -hmm. right? So it kind of would make sense for sure that your, the way you would see customer loyalty even like as like one consumer to individual brands, it would be different, right? So, 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 why? Where is the mistake people make? It? I guess the mistake is to create a loyalty program like the next company or some other company you're looking at. Why do you think these, like so many consumer brands, just they they, they make that mistake? Well, I think you know, uh, retail businesses, whatever area you're in, it's very challenging. Um, from an operations perspective, for an execution perspective, uh, HR, staffing, all that kind of stuff, it makes it very challenging. So what ultimately happens, I believe, with loyalty or credit card programs or anything like that, 
um, a strategy is worked out, something's put in place, and then it's just allowed to run. The reality is that if you're going to do consumer loyalty uh, well, you've got to constantly be tweaking it, understanding what's working, understanding what's not, um, seeing what's happening in the marketplace, and constantly making it fresh and different mm. and enhancing your brand and, and making it really meaningful and a point of differentiation for, for your business with your customers. You know, there's a lot there, right? It's so interesting. And I'm going to write all this stuff down. Um, it makes sense that it would be, it need, would need to be differentiated, right? Because the relationship with the customer is different, uh, you know, for a, a coffee brand or a home hardware brand yeah. or, or whatnot, the relationships are going to be different. So the program has to be differentiated, but then it's also got to be fresh and, and kind of stay exciting. Um, and then I'm assuming, and I mean, I know this to be true that these consumer brands are also limited to like, the tools that are in front of them. So when yep. you put that all together, it does make for a kind of a, a challenging environment. Is that, um, is, is that why you think not every brand has a loyalty program? It, it's only like only a, only a small percentage have actually even tried. I, I think um, for large businesses, they, they kind of look upon it as table stakes for small businesses, smaller businesses. They look at it and say, how are we going to compete? The reality is that that, was true 10 years ago, mm. but no longer is. The cost of entry from a technology perspective is really low now. And what that enables you to do, I believe, is capitalize on what I talked about earlier, your brand, your business, your competitive differentiation, and then how can you add in elements into your program that your competitor can't. And that's not more points. Mm. or more promotions, it's experiences or ways that you can help amplify that brand through that relationship of the loyalty program to that consumer and, and bring them closer to you. And I think there's an opportunity now that just did not exist not that many years ago. You know, it's the beauty of technology, right? I mean, technology has the power to democratize things, yep. right? So. The fact that now consumer brands can start without such a big capital investment um, and they can start leaning into what really makes them special is, is really exciting because that trend's only continue and it's something that we're obviously focused on here at Ethos. But the more, like the easier it gets to create a loyalty program, the more types of benefits you can add, the more kind of expression a brand can put into their program. You're just going to have more programs. You're going to have more success. And I think that's just going to like, you know, like a successful program will probably beget another successful program. Um, and we'll see an explosion of, of more customer loyalty programs. That, that's really exciting. And that's, that's the way we see it. And, and fundamentally, like loyalty has an ROI. There's there's no shortage of white papers or you know uh, statistics and data that show you that it is more cost effective to sell to your existing customer base than it is to go get a new customer. Is that is that the hard kind of metrics that that the brands that you've worked at have looked at it? Like, is it more? I guess the question is is it is it is it really about the ROI and the economic uh, incentives to create a loyalty program, or is it more the soft stuff, or is it a combination of both? Uh, a lot of times it'll depend within the business who owns the P&L. Mm. If it's finance, they're going to have a different perspective. If it's marketing, a different perspective again. In some some instances, uh, operations owns a loyalty program. So 
I think that's an important piece to understand. I, I think that um, the the key piece, though, is realizing that that loyalty program and those interactions um, provide a really rich source of data, which means that you can speak to a customer in a targeted and meaningful way in a cost-effective manner. And with that, it means that you can um, drive frequency, you can increase basket size, or you can just increase the, the, the level of affinity that a customer has for your program. And if you do it really, really well, and anyone that's watching this can think of it, um, those customers will get you more customers because mm -hmm. they'll talk about things that you do that are exceptional or um, uh, make you stand out um, that, that will get those customers to talk to others about your business. A great example of that is um, something that Starbucks started er early on, which is so easy. Um, the free drink that Starbucks customers used to get with the loyalty program. Mm -hmm. That's deteriorated dramatically. It used yeah. to be in the month that you got your drink, your, your birthday. Then it was, um, uh, now I think it's just the day of your birthday, which, you know, really uh, minimizes their cost, but certainly minimizes the impact. But I think that's a great example of, you know, people are like, oh, it's my birthday. I'm going to go to Starbucks and get my, my free drink. Um, and the, the folks at Starbucks from an execution perspective always, and this is my experience, um, you know, that definitely didn't happen all the time, but the vast majority of the time you went up to the cash and you said, well, I'd like to redeem my birthday rewards. They'd wish you happy birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And if you've been a Starbucks customer and, and you've redeemed that reward, I'm sure you've experienced that. You remember that. So that's how a, a great example of how you can tie in an idea, a point of differentiation, uh, accelerate the brand in a consumer's mind and provide them an experience. And that's what that is. Starbucks is an experience. Their coffee yeah. is not that good. It's just not. <laughs> but they are a great experience. They're very consistent. But that's the kind of thing that helped drive Starbucks, in my opinion, at least, um, uh, success with customer loyalty and ultimately in, in growing their business to the way it is right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're definitely up there in terms of the, you know, the best kind of run programs, right? You know what, what's so interesting about that example, too, is the affinity and the, the value and the ROI is, is even more than that. Because days leading up to your birthday, you're thinking, okay, well, Thursday's my birthday. I'm going to get a free, free, a free drink. Right. And then for the days after you're like thinking how you're thinking how great that was. Right. So yeah. it, it's all of that uh, kind of together. And it, it obviously creates a challenge for creating kind of like the right reports and the right information to derive to see kind of how impactful the program is. But there's so much good stuff there that I think it's very clear to anybody that a loyalty program that keeps you, the brand, top of mind with the customer and regularly puts a smile on the customer's face yes. is, is, is clearly profitable and clearly um, a, a, an economically positive thing. Um, is it is is it that obvious within the large organizations that you worked with? Like, hey, a loyalty program done right is great. We should do it. Is is that kind of the the, the higher arching kind of view? Yes, but I think what's usually lacking is the long term commitment because mm -hmm. it it requires resources. Uh, it requires a a recognition of what that customer journey is, and not just what it is, but what's possible. You know, you talked about the halo effect after you've got your free drink, free whatever. Um, 
it, it's it's the the ideal. So there's an opportunity there. How do you capitalize on that? You know, I, I think of Air Miles, which did some brilliant, brilliant stuff back in the day. When you redeemed, they before you walked out the door of the store where you just redeemed Air Miles, you would get a, a notification. Thanks. Really hope you enjoy your free reward. A celebration, right? And and really from uh, and this has been my experience with customer loyalty. That makes the the customer feel smarter. They've been recognized. They've been rewarded. Mm-hmm. They've they've exhibited a particular behavior that should be profitable for the business, but it's been recognized, and then they feel good about it. And it's about emotions and those experiences and those connections, and that's what makes a loyalty program work. It can't just be, you know, I earned a hundred points, so I got five bucks off. It, yeah. it, if if that's what you're doing, eventually you are going to be um, pouring money down a black hole. That will not work long-term. It's, it's, it's a race to the bottom, right? You're just, yes. it, it, all you're doing is you're trying to add more and more monetary value to these points. And you're not really satisfying the objective, uh, at least effectively, of putting a smile on the customer's face, right? No, and it's, and it's on top of that, the reason behind that in, initial investment is to build engagement and, and a point of differentiation. You don't want to be in a situation where your competitor, in order for them to win, they've got to just give one extra reward. And then you've got to build one extra reward. You've got to do something that reflects your business and is meaningful to that customer so that your competitor can't do anything about it. It's a way to separate yourself and protect your business. It's like building a a great loyalty program builds a moat around your business with your best customers. Yeah, because if you play that game, you can't, that, you can't win that game. But the game you can win is your game, right? Yeah. And your game is why your customer showed up in the first place, yeah. why your customer loves your brand. You know, this is a good um, kind of segue to something I wanted to ask you about. And, and I wanted to ask you about the evolution of customer loyalty because it's, there's no question, like, and, t- and please, you know, correct me here, Terry, because you know this stuff um, better than I do. But customer loyalty effectively has started with like punch cards, right? Like it started off with, hey, oh, yeah. come 10 times, get the 11th time for free. And then it kind of moved into a more kind of like, I think and Starbucks probably led a lot of this where you start collecting these points and the points can be redeemed for things, right? And, and in my mind and how we see it is all kind of like those are monetary rewards. And those monetary mm-hmm. rewards are exciting. And we talked about how that free coffee can definitely put a smile on someone's face. But as customer loyalty has, has evolved, I think that what's missing and in, in what we're trying to really add are these non-monetary rewards, right? These rewards that allow a brand to maybe share a video, to share an experience, to offer a product that maybe is only exclusive and available to the loyalty member. But what we're trying to do with all that is like, how do we make it so it's not a, this brand offers this many points and these many points can translate to this much value versus this brand offers this many points. It's like, how do we make these programs unique and mm-hmm. speak to the essence and, and the ethos of each of the brands? Um, would you would you agree with that? And and and, and also, what is, what's your perspective on the evolution of loyalty? And, and did I get that right? Yeah, I, I think you, you predominantly got it right. The one thing I would add in there is that um, one of the big barriers to mass acceptance of loyalty programs and creating a mass following was the hoops you had to jo- jump through in order to collect. So mm-hmm. I remember when IGA, when I was living back in Ottawa in the mid-60s, I'm dating myself now, um, you had to collect stamps and collect them and put them in a book. And you had to have the book with you in order to get the stamps. So 
it, it required a lot of effort to be part of that program. When you think about it now, you're using your loyalty programs probably attached to a credit card. If it's not attached to a credit card, you've probably got it on your phone. So it's really convenient. It's really easy. It's a tap, a swipe, something like that. So that's gone away completely. So that used to be a point of differentiation. Mm -hmm. Could I make it easier and less mm -hmm. complicated to connect my program to another one? Like I connected today um, my Starbucks program to Aeroplan and Journey Rewards, which is a gas program, to um, my Aeroplan program. I did it in about a minute and a half on my phone. Mm. Super easy, right? But everyone can do that now. So the point now is how do you differentiate with utilizing your brand that no one else can touch? And that's through providing experiences or something of that nature that's memorable and stays with people. And is something, if you can, in an ideal world, what you're going to do is provide something that the only way they can get it is through that loyalty program. Maybe it's um, a preferred shopping day or something that's meaningful to that consumer. For some folks, that's amazing, right? The only people that are shopping are people who are the elite members in uh, the program. And so everyone in the store knows that's who it's here and you're greeted and treated special because you are special. So it's those kinds of things that really make a program different, meaningful, and impactful to a retailer's bottom line. Well, it, it, it is, it's a game you can, you can win sustainably, right? I, yeah. I was talking to a, a large restaurant group just the other day, and they were saying, hey, we can offer reservations at peak times as one of our benefits. And Think that, about that. Right? How suddenly you're an import, you're a VIP, just like that. Right? Let me, oh, oh, we want to go to that restaurant? Well, I know we can't go there because we can't get in. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a member of their loyalty program. I'll get us a reservation. Right? You're a hero. Think of how, think of how more impactful that is than a little bit more of a discount with, for a few more points. Yeah, right? Or, like, or a half price dessert. Exactly. Right? Um, you know, and there's the list of these things just goes on and on. Like, you know, for us, it's like, you know, we're talking about a, a, working with a, a great D2C brand and they have products that, are very sought after and, and sell out quickly. Well, what if I give my loyalty members access to those products the day before? What if I give a special colorway only available to my loyalty members, right? So the list of these non-monetary benefits we think is, is absolutely the future here because you know making a program easy and accessible has kind of already happened, mm -hmm. right? Offering points already happened and if you want to compete there, you're just kind of racing to the bottom. But what about offering all these things that we call non-monetary rewards where I mm -hmm. think brands can win sustainably on? Is that where you see the evolution of, of, of customer loyalty going? No question. It, 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 and it, what it requires in order to be successful is for business to really understand their brand and how they can pull apart everything that they, uh, every interaction or uh, piece of interactions that they have with their consumers and how can they make it that much more special for them? And how can they do something that their competitor can't? So it's a great way to communicate actually the strength of the, your brand, the, the, the um, inherent assets that you've got so that your customers, your best customers are aware about what makes your business and your brand better than, than the competitor. And that strengthens, strengthens that bond with that customer in a really meaningful way. And the example about the reservation 
is phenomenal because that same message is going to be communicated to everyone that's going to that meal. Yeah, you're right. Right? That's, that's pretty powerful. It is powerful. You know, we all see customer, like I think the, the general view on customer loyalty is targeting and creating programs to help delight your existing customers. But what, a, a part of it is also the halo and the ability to bring in new customers, right? We have a saying where we go, hey, create a, a loyalty program that's so good that your customers will tell you their friends about. And that kind of implies a, a ability to attract new customers, right? And, and Inexpensively, right? Inexpensively and really in a really powerful way. If I tell one of my friends that you've got to go to this coffee shop because the coffee's really good, but this is how they recognize me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Super cool. And, and in terms of like the, the the metrics and the tracking, how much in your experience has it been of a focus on the return on investment vis-a-vis -vis our existing customers and how happy they are and how engaging they are versus how much this program has helped generate new customers like it, it, or is the reporting at these large companies like a, a, through your experience not not there yet it, it generally isn't there i think they're um those programs are generally measured in a fairly rudimentary manner um but i think the 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 reason for that or a good part of the reason is because the offering is pretty rudimentary mm. if you get a little bit more sophisticated in how you're using your customer data so that you are influencing and building your best customers and building that base, then you need more detailed reporting and a true understanding of the behavioral changes that you're driving so that you can really measure what's happening. And, you, it, and what that will do is that will free you up to continue to invest in a more targeted and effective way instead of just you know uh, boiling the ocean with points. Yeah. You know, these large companies, I mean, they were kind of pioneers and, and created loyalty programs early on. But I do think that the golden period of, of these loyalty programs is, is, is like now or starting now, because there's also an intersect with technology that's happening where mm -hmm. it's easier now to create um, technology that can integrate with tons of different software that can be easily set up that can be like you know that, that, and now we can like you know we can add videos we can add these integrations that can do reservations and all these things and the technology is at a place now especially with like all these advancements in artificial intelligence all that stuff to be able to help consumer brands profile customers see customers in a, a deeper way and so so i guess like what i'm saying is like i think the there's been a, a great confluence of kind of like technologies and, and, and experiences and everything's kind of come together now where, you know, we're having a lot of fun helping consumer brands create these loyalty programs that, that can really show uh, insights that have never kind of been seen before. And, and I guess what I'm saying even more than that is like, it's not so much how smart we are. It's more like the timing's worked out really well. Mm -hmm. um, is, is that a fair kind of, kind of a, a view? Yeah, absolutely. Technology has leveled the playing field. And in fact, possibly even tipped it towards the smaller business um, uh, because the, the um, availability and the cost of technology has come down so far. And the, the capability of that technology is, has also improved dramatically. The other piece that this can help, uh, that loyalty can do too is, and you can help fund loyalty through things like this, is understanding payments and how your customer is paying for their, their purchases. And if you can influence 
that customer into paying in a different way, a pay, a, a pay, using a payment method that's lower cost for you. It may be debit, it may be credit, it may be a particular type of credit, it may be a partner's credit card or a finance tool or something like that. It's just understanding what your cost of payments is and how you can make that work for you to help uh, supplement the cost or, or um, pay for some of the cost of customer loyalty. And consumers will make that change if if there's value in it, if there's an experience or something that's memorable, if you're just going to say, you know, use this card versus this card, it's not that big a deal. But you can be a little bit more sophisticated in your approach, which can ultimately make your uh, business more profitable and make your customers lo more loyal at the same time. So interesting. The ROI on a well-run and a well-created loyalty program is so multi kind of like faceted, right? Because you could fund a program by just the increased sales that you're getting from your existing customers. Oh, you absolutely. Could, right? You could theoretically, you could also fund it from like, hey, this is making our customers happy. So you could fund it from like a marketing kind of kind of perspective. And, and what you're now saying too, and, and you're, you're absolutely right, is like, not only can we create economic value for, you know, for the company those ways, we could also, if you, if you do it right and you delight customers well, you could drive their behavior in the directions that kind of you can share in the, in the benefits. Right. So yeah. it's like, hey, maybe we get them to stop, you know, purchasing so much on Amazon and they come directly to our website. Maybe yes. they come to our, our stores on Thursdays because that's a slower day. And then you can kind of share with them in, 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 the, in the benefit that creates. Is that um, how important is that? Well, I, I, I think it can be hugely important. I think it's underappreciated. Um, but, you know, you th think about it. You just brought up a, a, a great example. Have customers come in on traditionally, you know, before Sunday shopping, um, Monday was a really big day because you're closed on Sunday. There was a hangover. Monday was a busy day. Saturday was a busy day. Well, that does, that's gone away. So now Tuesday, Wednesday are kind of quiet. Well, if you can use your loyalty program to manage um, uh, when customers are coming in to a degree, and this is not for everyone, but your data will tell you which customers that you can incent to change their timing of their interactions with you. And that can improve your experience for your entire business. It can deliver an overall better customer experience for all of your customers. And you can do that through your loyalty program. You can manage staffing levels. You can manage employee satisfaction. If you've mm -hmm. got big peaks and valleys in, in um, the stress levels that your employees are, are, uh, or your associates are facing from one day to another, if you can use customer loyalty to help flatten that a little, you're gonna have happier employees too. So there's another example of how you can um, impact your business in a positive way uh, and, and in a way that you can ultimately measure. So there's so many reasons to have a, a loyalty program right? because you can do all the things that we're talking about and it expends even into like employee satisfaction, right? Like, which I wasn't really, really thinking about, but you're right. You can even drive those types of benefits. So maybe a question for you, Terry, is like, why not? Why doesn't every consumer brand have a, a loyalty program today? Like, like what have been the, 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 the big kind of holdbacks? Because on paper, it sounds like it makes a lot of sense to have one. I, I, I think that um, there's uh, a lack of understanding of what the opportunity is. I think that businesses um, 
across the board internally don't necessarily realize or appreciate the strength of their brand and the impact that their brand and the brand that they've built and how they can utilize that asset. Cause that's what a brand is. It's an asset. Yeah. And it's how can you leverage that asset? And if you can't, if you haven't made the connection between leveraging the asset that your brand is through customer loyalty and thought a little bit differently about your business and how loyalty should be utilized, then you're probably not jumping in. If you're just thinking, well, I'm, I, you know, it's going to cost me one and a half uh, points on my bottom line. I can't afford that. I, I can remember many, many years ago with a, a multi-billion dollar business, we initially were not going to get into loyalty because the chief executive said, well, that's going to cost me 1% of sales. I'm a two and a half percent bottom line business. I'm not doing that. Well, that wasn't even close to the truth, but he didn't understand or appreciate what was possible and what the real cost was going to be. Eventually he did. And we jumped into loyalty feet first. Um, but it, I think it's a little bit of a lack of understanding of what the opportunity is and a little bit of fear as to how much effort is this going to be? What's the, what's the cost of managing the program, delivering mm -hmm. the program, then the cost of the program itself? It can be a bit scary, but it doesn't have to be. Well, and like, you know, the, I'm just, I just get so excited about the work we're doing here because by adding things that are not, you know, a, a, a necess, like an, uh, an explicit output, cost of, you know, for a brand, like adding a video or offering reservations or offering, you know, like a special product. Um, these types of things don't hit the bottom line, right? So, so these types of things can really change the perspective of, of anybody who may think this is just a cost for them, right? Yeah. And I, I think that the more features and the more ways you, you can, a brand can uh, delight a customer that isn't a discount, it'll just be like, it, 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 I think there'll be a direct correlation to the more features and the more ways you can delight customers that aren't discounts, there'll be a direct correlation to more people creating loyalty programs. Because once you remove the whole, hey, this could cost, this is a cost center, um, mm -hmm. I, I think it, it changes it and flips it upside down. Is, is that a fair kind of view? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, it, it completely changes the the economics of it and how you should be measuring it. The other thing that I think is really important and the, the great businesses that are really successful with loyalty do a really good job of this is they listen to their frontline associates, the people who live mm. the brand every single day and deliver that experience to their customers. Listening to them and understanding from them what customers value and what they mm. think the brand is and, and use them as a very rich source of ideas about how to deliver something special for customers that, that they believe is going to resonate and is going to uh, be something that can actually be delivered. Uh, listening to those frontline people is really important. Um, too many businesses, I think, uh, and because I, this is my perspective because I started out working in stores, but I think too many businesses make decisions at head office um, around things like brand and customers mm. without interacting with the people who actually um, deal with customers on a daily basis. That is a very, very rich vein of information that can help make your brand and your loyalty program stand out. There's so many ideas out there. So that's a great way of tapping into those folks, 
talking to them, visiting stores, doing things of that nature, um, uh, and and ultimately make your business win. You know, it's so interesting. So you, you'll love hearing this. So we had um, a, a, an expert from the the team at Mars and, and Skittles and, and Starburst, and and we were talking about getting that type of feedback from customers as a as, as, even as like a benefit right so like yep. imagine a customer saying hey this is the type of flavor i'd love to see for the next chocolate bar or those types of things so it, the customer base is such a rich um kind of like it's such a rich place for that type of feedback and but what you're saying is like an addition to that or, or, or very similar in the sense that your ex associates are also a place of kind of gold, right? Where you can go to your associates and say, hey, you spend time with customers every day. What type of rewards and benefits do you think we should offer that would delight them? Because it's not just the customers that know, it's also the associates, right? Yes. And uh, I think that a well-run program is a is a combination of feedback and insights from you know obviously the people running the business but also the associates and also the customers yep. and i think that between those three kind of pockets you can find uh benefits and rewards that one don't necessarily aren't discounts and two really for real put a smile on the customer's face absolutely absolutely so that ultimately they're thinking i feel really good about that interaction that purchase that experience and, and and anyone that's worked in loyalty knows about the halo effect that's attached to a reward, whatever that reward is. And that halo effect can last for a significant period of time. By, by doing things um, that are different and that are attached to your specific brand, you can create that halo effect on a more frequent basis. And that's going to drive um, uh, purchase frequency and uh, purchase volume. Um, yeah, yeah. so it, it's, it's just a huge win that's out there. Um, if you want to, if you want to play it right. So cool. You know, the thing I, that just came to my head too, is like when you go to Starbucks and they write your name on the cup, right? Yep. I mean, that's, that's something that just makes you happy. Right. And I don't really know why, but it, well, it, I, it, I, I, yeah. I give you, uh, so here's a great example of that. My son's name is Luke. We went to Starbucks when he was like six. And he got a kid's hot chocolate. And uh, the barista wrote on his cup, Luke, I am your father. And a little image of Darth Vader. He's 18 now. He remembers that. Oh, and you remember it. Absolutely. Yeah. That was very cool. Right? So that's the kind, that's the kind of experience and engagement. Uh, you know, we were just talking about Frontline Associates. Look how magical that is. Yeah. Loyalty yeah. can help accentuate that. Yeah. Especially if the loyalty card or the loyalty, you know, um, ID or, or whichever, you know, identifies the customer can also help tell the associate, hey, this is Terry. Hey, it was his birthday last week. Or, hey, you know, he likes this type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's just so much opportunity, right? I, I'm, uh, I'm really excited and I, I love the work that we're doing because there are so many ways a brand can delight and put a smile on a customer's face. And that ROI is not, there's opportunity to make the ROI very clear. And like, you know, we can show how much more sales is driving and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's all, you also need, you need to defend it because it's very obvious. Um, just maybe in like wrapping up, Terry, where, 
where do you want customer loyalty to go from here? Like, like you know, knowing that you've spent your career in it and knowing that now technology has kind of advanced things, what's your hope for the next five, 10 years for the, the, for the industry that is kind of customer, customer loyalty? I, th I, th I think it's fundamentally the stuff that we've been talking about. I think, you know, there's technology, everyone can do that, right? Um, I think the point of differentiation is, and the future of loyalty is around the experience. And to make that experience meaningful, it, it requires you to understand your brand. And what uh, hopefully your brand is more, uh, uh, is around more than just price. And if it is, and it probably is, if, if it's around convenience, if it's around the experience, if it's around quality, if it's, uh, you know, around anything other than price, then loyalty and customer data will, and technology will allow you to capitalize on the investment that you've made on building that brand. And you will continue to build that brand in ways well beyond your imagination if you utilize all those tools effectively. So it's, it's really about uh, a level of an understanding of what's possible and then a commitment to that and constantly understanding that with customer loyalty, you're never done. There's always uh, a creative way or something that's changed and you need to incorporate that into your program and keep it fresh for your customers to keep them engaged. And you can do that now because of technology in ways that we never thought of, you know, even five years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, the opportunity is there for pretty well any size business. Um, easier for the bigger ones, but they're the harder ones, quite frankly, to make those kinds of changes. So I think that there's an inherent um, value in being mid-size or a bit smaller and that you can be a bit more nimble and you can make um, those decisions. And you can make that commitment that maybe the big guy can't or won't keep up with. So there's there's some value there that you can unlock yourself. And I think that that's where customer loyalty, the, the future lies in um, capitalizing on those kinds of opportunities. I love it. I love it, Terry. That's, that's such great insights. And, you know, I think of so many of the brands that we talk to and, and work with, they spend so much time acquiring new customers, mm -hmm. right? And and if I'm, if I'm like learning from, from all the things, the great things you've said today, it's like as you're acquiring new customers, you're also creating brand value. Every new customer you add, your brand gets stronger and it's more valuable. And, and I love what, the way you said it. It's like, and customer loyalty is leveraging that asset you've created, right? Mm -hmm. Like as you add more and more customers, now you have an asset you've created, which is the brand. And if you it, it, it's kind of crazy not to leverage that asset you've created. And if you're going to leverage it, uh, you want to leverage it in a way that's obviously going to delight your customers, but also in a way that's unique and, and specific to you. Um, yeah, love it. Is, is that a fair kind of synopsis of, of, of I kind of, I, I didn't mean to do that, but I feel like it was a good like synopsis of. <laughs> yeah, of, of, I, I, I think you're right on the money. I, I, I think that um, customer loyalty is more exciting now than it ever has been before. Um, because of technology and, and um, how that's democratized, uh, the term that you used earlier, um, uh, the availability of that to almost any business, all that's missing is the commitment from the business to realize the importance of that and, and the impact that that can have on long-term on the success of their business, the, 
the bottom line profitability of their business and the longevity of their business in a really, you know, it's a very competitive marketplace in every category. You can't name one that it's not competitive. Right. So if you do this right with your brand, you're going to win at the end of the day. And I think that's what most brands are trying to do. Love it. Well, let, let's leave it at that. And T Terry, thank you. You are an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. I know I've learned a ton uh, in the years talking to you and, and on, our, on our conversation here. Thank you so much, Terry. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Uh, it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And I think you can tell uh, I'm enthusiastic. I love this stuff. I've, I've been very lucky to work in this space for a long period of time. Um, it's constantly changing. Um, but it's what's important is embracing that change and making it work for you. And I think that what you're doing at Ethos is enabling uh, businesses to do that in ways that they haven't been before. So that's exciting for me as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Terry. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed, please make sure to give us a rating and follow us on whatever platform you listen from. Thanks again for listening. Take care.